This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday the 9th of July. So Norman, we've spent a lot of this week talking about Victoria, but maybe it's time to broaden our gaze a little bit. We've had some cases that are potentially travelling from Victoria into other parts of the country, like the ACT. And I mean, with such a large outbreak happening in one part of the country, there's always a chance that that could spill over. Is the rest of Australia ready? And what lessons should we be taking away from what's happening in Victoria now? Well, the first thing I will say is a shout out to one of our Coronacast listeners who's asked the question, why does Norman hate the ACT? What have we got against the ACT? He never mentions Canberra and Coronacast. Today, we mentioned Canberra. You've had three cases in the ACT yesterday. The Chief Minister said that it came from the same household uh, and perhaps linked to the outbreak of the virus in Victoria. So are we ready? Well, I think, hopefully, New South Wales is ready because they've still got some circulating virus and you'd hope that they are ready for outbreaks and they say that they are. I'd be less sure about the other states and territories where they've had no cases. So what do you do if you're in a state where there's no virus at all? Well, do we become complacent? Well, you can, al- you can allow lack of social distancing and get closer to each other and have larger and larger crowds because there's no virus. But virus could come in. And the key behaviour that's got to continue in places where there's no virus is testing. So if you're living in South Australia, WA, Northern Territory, the ACT, and uh, Queensland and so on, people with symptoms have got to be tested even though they think there's no virus around. The slightest symptom, go off and get tested. Because if you don't do that, we're going to miss cases that might have entered through surprising ways. And you just don't know. Or they could have arrived a week or two ago, been circulating in young people and asymptomatic spread and suddenly break out. And if it suddenly breaks out and there's 20 cases in WA and you only just discover that belatedly, there may be many, many more cases than that going around. So you've got to pick up the odd case by testing, testing, testing. And whether or not they're ready for the scenario of an outbreak, I can't comment. The only state that I think would be much more ready than others would be New South Wales because there's still virus around and they've had a couple of outbreaks to deal with already. And we've also had the news yesterday about the Jetstar flight that has landed in New South Wales and it sounds like people have been allowed to disembark from Victoria without being screened on the way out. Yeah, and I assume they're talking about temperature screening here, which has got limited value, to be honest. I think it's both temperature screening and a health questionnaire. And a health questionnaire. So it's worrying. Um, That's what we had with the Ruby Princess. Postcode lockdowns of the hotspots in Melbourne are pretty artificial. They've got yeah higher prevalence of virus, but neighbouring postcodes, you, you could have been in one postcode which is just across the road from the other and you don't qualify as a hotspot. And now they've locked down the whole of Melbourne. So I think that it is artificial and it is by travel between states that this will spread. One of the things that I think just we've said it so many times, but it bears repeating is this idea of constant vigilance. And I was speaking to an epidemiologist from La Trobe University who was saying that even though this is really bad, what's happening in Victoria, it's hopefully a wake-up call for the rest of the country. Absolutely is. And our Coronacast audience is telling us this, and we're getting questions from everywhere about it. The whole nation is alert to this, and I don't think anybody is feeling complacent um, about this. So before we get to some audience questions, I just want to ask you one more question about Victoria. Why do you think they've gone for a six-week lockdown? I was trying to remember exactly how the lockdown went there. I think it was a bit longer than four weeks. So you know, it was late March 
And it was in June, I think, that people started to do that. So it was probably six or eight weeks last time. Uh, it varied, and the reason I'm being a bit vague is it varied according to place, how long it was before people started lifting restrictions. Six weeks gives you a chance to actually eliminate spread altogether and maybe get to almost eradication. Um, if you did it for four weeks, that's two cycles of the virus. Or some people say it might be four cycles of the virus. If the cycle of the virus is five days, six weeks give you a, gives you a chance to really sweep through, clear it up, and get down to, uh, instead of this suppression strategy, which was really the wrong strategy in, in, in Australia, you'd have to say, we should have gone for eradication. And, uh, and here's what you get when you just go for suppression. This comes up and you get enormously damaging lockdowns again. So six weeks, I think, gives them a chance to really hunt out the virus and isolate people, search out their contacts, quarantine, eliminate spread between asymptomatic people and let the virus die out and then let testing take over as the control means. And that's, I think, the significance of six weeks here. So we've got a few questions from the audience today and a few of them are relating to a chat that we had a few days ago about aerosol spread and the significance of that as opposed to spread by large respiratory droplets. So Isabel's asking, what is the difference between droplet and aerosols? It's one of size. So droplets are big. If you were to sort of shine a light through a sneeze, you can see the droplets in the air, whereas aerosols are microscopic. They're tiny. They're still droplets, but they're micro droplets. And they're so light that they can attach themselves to dust and they can hover in the air and not be, they're so small, not be terribly affected by gravity. Eventually gravity does win and they fall to the ground, whereas droplets are so heavy, they, they fall to the ground pretty quickly. So hence the 1.5 meter rule, that's around droplet spread, how far a sneeze might go with droplets. Although it's a bit artificial, one and a half, two meters, but that's, that's all about droplets. That's all about large globules, if you like, in the air, whereas aerosols are just tiny, tiny, tiny droplets in the air. So still droplets, but very, very small and so small they just hover there and they can hover there for hours. It's sort of like cigarette smoke, the way it sort of hangs in the air. Yes, except that if you sneeze or cough, they've shown in, in, model, in, in experimental models where they're videoing this, an aerosol can go many metres incredibly quickly and just hang in the air. So when you talk about aerosols, physical distancing has less of an effect. So it's still important because droplets are important, but this goes a long way, circulates in the air, and it's almost certainly how people got infected in choir practices and funerals. It's probably how people get infected even at weddings and family occasions. You've not got people who are sneezing and coughing necessarily at a family event. They're just talking loudly the way I am. And as you talk loudly, these aerosols get projected. And you could be in the room, we've said this before on CoronaCast, you can be in the same room as somebody three metres away and eventually the aerosol gets to you. And so the reason we were talking about this was because a large group of scientists had wrote, written an open letter to the World Health Organization, which has up until now sort of downplayed the role of aerosols in the spread of COVID-19. It's focused a lot on large droplets, hand hygiene um, and those sorts of things. And, and these experts, including a few from Australia, had said, no, we have to consider aerosols as part of the way it spreads because it has implications for the sort of measures we take to reduce the spread. Yeah, and, and if you don't accept aerosols as spread, then you start to 
um, underplay masks, which is exactly what the World Health Organization and indeed our national authorities in Australia have done. They've underplayed masks when masks properly constructed will actually interrupt the spread of aerosols. I mean, the other things that change the spread of aerosols are changing how you do air conditioning, where you can't expect to do that overnight. You can change the way you do ventilation. And on the Health Report podcast on Monday, one of the authors of this letter, who's on University of Technology, said a properly ventilated space does it. So, for example, if you're not going to freeze to death, you open a window and you could get a fan going to circulate air as long as there's somewhere for the air to go. But if you're going to circulate air in an enclosed space, you're not making any difference. So getting circulation of air with the outside so that you reduce the concentration of aerosols. And of course, it does emphasize the what air, airlines talk about, which is the directional flow of air in a, in a cabin, where the, the idea would be that the aerosols get sucked in from the floor and then filtered and then circulated. A quick question from Robert. Um, he's saying he finds the Coronacast podcasts very valuable and informative. Thanks, Robert. Um, but there are some topics he'd like to read more about, such as the change of advice on how long the virus survives on surfaces, does the ABC provide the references from which Norman Swan is obtaining his information? I just pluck it out of thin air. I get the, <laughs> I get the aerosol and then I just you know, and then I just take out the aerosol, the magic information, and then I put it... Look, Robert, very good question. We, uh, we think it's really important that you can double-check us, go deeper if you want to, and we try to post links to the research studies that we refer to um, on the Coronacast website, which is abc.net.au slash coronacast. And if, we, and if we don't provide it there and you want more information, you know, send us a note and we'll try to find it for you. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. You can tell a friend about us if you like us and don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. And if you hate us, just pretend and say you like us anyway. Yeah, don't tell us on Apple Podcasts. To leave a question or a comment, go to abc.net.au slash coronavirus, go to Ask Us Your Questions, fill in the form and mention Coronacast along the way. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. Bye. 